Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve His purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Today, we are talking about prayer in the battle. Have you ever been in a battle? Some of you have. Just wait. If you haven't, it'll happen. Have you ever been in a fight? And guys, I'm not talking about a fist fight. I don't want to know. (laughs) Have you ever felt a pressure come at you to try and make you stumble and fall? Have you ever felt a swirling going on around your mind to confuse you or discourage you or make you want to give up? A negativity come against you that tries to cloud your judgment or accusation that tries to take you out. Have you ever experienced any of that? Yeah? Yeah. Just one or two of you. Okay. I'm not talking about a physical fight today. I'm talking about a spiritual battle. Because we all face them. It's no surprise to anyone here to hear me say that we will all have challenges. We all have battles to fight. We read in the Old Testament about many battles that the people of God fought and they were gruesome and bloody and horrible. But as believers, we still fight wars today. But the difference is the warfare has moved from the natural to the spiritual. Ephesians 10 says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. In other words, we're not fighting people. We're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That sounds a bit full on, doesn't it? We have greater conflict today than at any other time in the history of the world. But it's possible but that, that the biggest battles that are going on are going on in the spiritual realm. There is a tremendous fight going on. Yes. Tremendous. But we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. In other words, we're not wrestling against people. Amen. But against, that scripture said, against the powers and the principalities and the evil spirits in the heavenly places. What on earth does that mean? I'm glad you asked. So we're going to talk about that today. But first I want to remind us of something that is so important. You're not fighting people. It's so important to remember that we're not fighting against people. Sometimes you think it's that person that you're fighting. It may look like you're fighting people, but you're not. Things happen and we think, oh, if that person would just... You never say that or think that, do you? I was talking to a pastor during the week and all hell had broken loose with her children. You know, people were saying things and people were... And and she said, Mel, I just had to realise what was actually going on, what was actually behind all of this stuff. It was a spiritual battle. And as soon as she got that, she went, okay, I know what to do. I know where to fight. Get your eyes off what you can see 
Stop looking at the person and start fighting in the supernatural realm and you will see change. See the fight for what it is. It's a spiritual battle. Fight in the place of prayer. That's where we fight our spiritual battles. It's in the place of prayer. God says, fight with the weapons I will give you. Declare my word and see things change in your world. 2 Corinthians 10 says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning, to destroy false arguments. (laughs) There's a lot of human reasoning and false arguments. Has anyone noticed that? We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. This is an amazing scripture. The biggest battles we will ever fight are the ones that are trying to keep people from knowing God. And they really are. We destroy, that says, every proud obstacle that keeps them from knowing God. We knock down strongholds, the strongholds of human reasoning. There is something in this city, and it's all about human reasoning and intellectual stuff. And it doesn't want to let the Spirit of God move. We are here to unblock that well so that the Spirit of God can fall, flow and fall and do all the things he wants to do. That's why we're here. Anyway. Someone's happy about that. So we're not arguing and fighting people and yelling at people. We're fighting in the place of prayer. At one you know, I have conversations with God. I don't know about you, but I do. I hope you do. He wants you to. And I said to him at one point, could you just get rid of that person? Now, that person is no one in here, right? Okay, just let me say that. That, sound, that came out really bad. I'm a pastor and I love people, okay? But anyway, this person doesn't know God. And in my, my human reasoning, ha-ha, here we go, was, well, if you could just remove that person out of the equation, then the thing that I'm praying to see happen will happen. I don't know if anyone's ever thought that. And God said, hello. Hello. Yes, God. I love that person that you think is in the way. In fact, I died for that person who you think is in the way. You need to pray for that person that they will come to me, that they will know me. And I went, sorry, God, I repent. We need to unblock the wells that have dirt in them. And there are wells in this city that have dirt in them so that the spirit can't flow. There are wells of salvation wells of salvation. People can't see God. They they can't see him. And we're here to pray so that they can. It happens in the place of prayer as we intercede. 
Who is it? We prayed for it today. Stu got us to pray for those people today. Are you praying that for them? God, that scripture I just spoke about in Corinthians, pray that over your people who don't know Jesus. Pray it. Declare it. It's your weapon. As we release the power of God in this city, we shift the atmospheres. Eyes become open. Because we fight in the place of prayer. And we have such powerful weapons to fight with. Such powerful weapons. And they will change situations. So, as a corporate body of believers in this church, we are here to see that happen. But, you know, we also are individuals. And we have personal battles that we go through, don't we? Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about how we fight in the battle. The first thing about fighting in the battle is the first thing we have to do is this. We have to open our eyes. Open your eyes. The nation of Aram was at war with Israel back in 1 Kings. You can read about the story. And every time they decided to mobilise their forces against Israel, Elisha the prophet would go to the king of Israel, because God would talk to Elisha the prophet, and he'd go to the king of Israel and he'd say, don't go over there, because if you go over there, you're going to lose, something bad's going to happen, because this king is out to get you. And so the king listened to Elisha, and he stayed safe. Now the king of Aram got really annoyed. And he thought he had a traitor in the ranks. But then he found out it was Elisha. It was Elisha the prophet. Elisha was reading his mail, can we say. And so he sent an army after Elisha to surround him and destroy him. So Elisha and his servant were in the tent. The servant got up early, 1 Kings, when the servant of the man of God, got up early the next morning and went outside. There were troops, horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. That's what we do, do we? When something bad happens, what will I do now? Elisha said, don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed. What did he pray? Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. So these guys were completely surrounded by the enemy. And when the servant saw it, he said, what will we do now? And that that is just... What a lot of us think when something bad happens, when we feel like we're surrounded, when we feel like we don't have the money to do this, or when we hear the doctor say blah, or when the boss says whatever, or when the kids do whatever, we think, well, what am I going to do now? What did Elisha do? He prayed. Pray first. And he prayed this, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. 
You know, this servant could see well in the natural. He could see that there was an army standing against them. What did he not see? He didn't see that that army surrounding them was surrounded by the armies of God. And so the Lord opened his eyes and he saw the hillside with horses and chariots of fire. They were surrounded, all right. They were surrounded by God's glory, by God's power. What are you seeing in the natural when you should be saying, God, open my eyes so I can see what's really going on here? That's how we fight. We say, God, open my eyes. I want to see. I regularly pray, God, show me what I don't know. Because I don't know what I don't know. God, open my eyes so that I can see what's going on. I need you to show me. How can I fight if I can't see what's going on? Do you have enemies coming against you? Maybe your whole world is surrounded by threats or accusations or missiles. We need to remember when that's happening, it's only half the story. It is only half the story. And it's the story that's coming to you from the devil. He wants you to think you're doomed. He wants you to think there's no way out. But I want to tell you today, the Spirit of God is interceding for you. In Romans 4, it says Jesus is interceding for you. He's saying, let them see God with the eye of faith. He's saying, help them to see. Let them see what's going on. What's really going on, God has everyone and everything that's surrounding you surrounded. There's a great old song that says it. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You're surrounded by him. Whatever's surrounding you is actually surrounded. As we pray and ask God to open our eyes so we can see what is going on, what is really going on. We can begin to fight with the weapons we've been given and defeat whatever's coming against us. Because that's where we fight. In that place, in that space, in that realm. When Elisha prayed to God and God gave him, showed the servant, you know, God did something else. He gave Elisha a strategy for ultimate victory. If you read through the story, he gave him a strategy. He said, do this, Elisha. And Elisha did it. Some of you need a fresh strategy because what you're using isn't working. You need a fresh strategy, a fresh look. And so I want to prophesy today answers and clarity and a clear brain and a lifted fog so that you can actually see clearly what God wants you to do, what he wants you to do. So open your eyes. The second thing is put on the armour of God. What are you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians 6, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. We need God's armour. We need God's armour to fight in a battle. 
We need God's strength. We need to put on all of his armour. Verse 13 says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil, then after the battle you will still be standing firm. You know, the Apostle Apostle Paul implies here that at times we might find ourselves in a battle that can be so difficult that it's hard to just stand. He's not talking about progress or taking ground or even moving forward. He's saying sometimes the battle is going to be so great that it takes everything that we have to just stand. Been there? Been there. Been there. When we're in that situation, our victory is when we can walk up to someone and say, I'm still here. I thought I was going to lose my mind, (laughs) but I'm still here. I thought I was going to lose my marriage at times, but that's not me. But I'm still here. I really thought that I wasn't going to make it, but I'm still here. Maybe that's you today. I'm still here. I'm standing. I'm still standing. So put on. Put on the belt of truth. You know, I, don't, I, I think there's no coincidence that truth is mentioned first in the list of the armour of God because truth has to be our strong foundation. It has to be the thing that we build our lives on. Truth is not relative. Someone will like to tell you that truth is relative. It's not. Truth is not relative. Truth is found in a person, and he is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is our foundation. We need to speak truth. We need to stand on truth. We need to believe truth. The word of God is truth. In a a battle, truth is so important because if we believe a lie... It could ruin our whole life. That's a very dramatic statement, but it's true. We believe a lie, totally undone. Devil can have a field day with you if you believe a lie. 40 years I believed a lie. It was a battle, it was a spiritual battle that that I had to fight. For 40 years, it started when I was 16. And the devil said this thing to me. And, you know, I just, you know, it wasn't all the time. I'd just fight every now and then. It would come against me and I'd fight it. And then last year, when we were on long service leave, and I was walking and praying and talking to God about this particular thing, he showed me that I was believing a lie. Now that's embarrassing, isn't it? He said, Mel, the devil's a liar. And I said, yes, I know that. In fact, he's the father of lies. Well, yes, I know that too. What you're believing is a lie. And I went, wow, thank you, God. You've just changed my life. Literally. You've absolutely changed my life right there and then. From 40 years. 
How good is God? Now, you might be believing a lie. I mean, because it sounded right, and it sort of sounded true, and it sort of sounded like it could be even God, but it was a lie. That's why we need the belt of truth. Put it on, the breastplate of righteousness. When the devil comes to you and he says, you're hopeless, you say, guess what? I've got the righteousness of God. You need that. Shoes of the gospel of peace. Get yourself some good shoes of the gospel of peace. Not the gospel of smack someone over the head with a Bible, but the shoes of the gospel of peace. The gospel is good news. Let's remember that. The shield of faith. Oh, thank you, God, for the shield of faith. Who is thankful for the shield of faith? Where would I be without it? Because the devil will come to you and he'll say, well, did God really say that? He said that to Eve. Did God really say that? You really probably should just give up now because he hasn't come through. And so he's probably not going to come through. Like, he, he, you know, that promise that you've been waiting for, he's not going to do it. And then you hold up the shield of faith and you say, get lost, devil. I'm holding up my shield of faith because the shield of faith, it stops the darts. The helmet of salvation. My gosh, it's like our bike helmet. I said in the 9am service, would you go riding without a bike helmet on? That's right, and a three-year-old kid said no. (laughs) And I did not set her up for it. It's like it's your protection. It's like because that's where the battles all happen. They happen up here. It's your protection. Put on the helmet of salvation. So I had this um, situation a couple of weeks ago. And you can come up, guys. I'm finishing very quickly soon. I had this situation a couple of weeks ago where... Something happened... And sometimes when you're faced with something, you can automatically go to where you've gone before. Is that right? In your head. And I was faced with something, and I knew that if I went where I've gone before, I was actually going the wrong way. I was going where where God didn't want me to go. I was going where I'm opening myself up to more spiritual attack and I've been doing this for long enough please God to actually know that and Paul came into my office and I said honey this has just happened and I need to be really careful right now how I think what I say and where I go and he said good and so for 24 hours I was in that space of stuff going on, swirling going on, where I, I was just continually going, no, no, no. And after 24 hours, I was talking on the phone with someone about it, got off the phone, and I went, okay, this is enough now. I've had enough now. 
something's changing now. Something's going to change now. So you open your eyes. You put on your armour. And the last thing you do is you use your sword. Because the last part of the armour of God that I haven't talked about today is the sword of the Spirit. And so what I did, I was at home. It was message prep day. And I was at home and I was in our bedroom. And I got out my sword, which unfortunately was my phone, because that was the thing that was closest to me. And I opened up my app and I got out Ephesians 6 and I started reading it. I started reading it. Like there was a, there was a battle, guys. I can't tell you. It was just coming at me, coming at me really strongly. And I, and I just, I, I made it personal. And I said, I am putting on every piece of God's armour. And I am resisting the enemy. And I am standing firm. And then I went through every piece of God's armour and I put it on and I used my sword. And you know that when I finished doing that, it t- that all stopped. From that moment, the swirling stopped. Change, total change, straight away. It was like night and day, the difference between night and day. Every spiritual battle we will ever have, we will need to pull out our sword. Because it's not only defensive, but it's offensive. And the Word of God is powerful and it's active. And God gives it to us so that we can declare things and see things change. It's a gift from God to us. It's a gift from God to you. You know, I don't know all of the prayer needs in this church, but I know some of them. And so every week I get out my sword and I pray and I declare for people who don't have partners who want partners. And I pray and I declare for people who don't have babies to have babies. And I declare for people whose children are not in church in relationship with God anymore to come back. I get it out and I get out my sword because the Word of God is true. How about you? Are you trying to fight your battles in the place of what you can see? Because I'll tell you, it won't work. Sorry, that's very negative, isn't it? You've got to fight in the spiritual realm because you're not fighting the person. You're fighting the thing that is trying to stop them. As we fight in the place of prayer, we will walk in the victory we've been given. You've been given victory. I've been given victory. And as we do it, things will change in your life. Things will change in this city. I promise you that. It's it's God's call to this church for us to unblock the wells, the wells of salvation. It's God's call to this church for us to take the sword and to change the atmosphere. So, church, God loves you. God loves me. He's given us everything we need. So let's fight our battles in the place of prayer.
Let's fight them in the realm where, where, we can, where we have the victory. We just need to see it in the nat- Like we need to see it come from the spiritual realm to the natural realm. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Father God, I thank you that you are all-powerful and that you have placed us here for such a time as this, God. And you see every battle that every person in this room is going through. And Lord, I want to pray that they would be strengthened right now. Lord, I want to declare victory over their lives, God. Lord, for those that are, that are looking and saying, God, show me. Show them, Lord, that you are surrounding them, God. Show them that you have them. Show them, Lord, all that they need to see. And Lord, I pray that as a church, we would get the revelation in a fresh way of the declaration of the Word of God and the victory you've given us. Lord, touch everyone, I pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray as we finish a prayer for you if you if you need to get your heart right with God maybe you've not um, maybe you don't have a relationship with him maybe you've heard about God but you've not ever handed over the control of your life to him or maybe you need to recommit your life to him I want to invite you to pray this prayer pray it out loud make it your own personal prayer if you want to give your life to Christ thank you Holy Spirit Holy Spirit touching people Okay, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you, for Jesus, for dying for my sin. Forgive me. I ask you to come into my life. I choose to live for you. Help me to follow you for the rest of my days. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.